Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Our topic today is technical leveling. It's one of those things that seems simple in your personal acquisition world, but is quite different in the government acquisition world. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. If you're frustrated with your progress in the government market, Skyway's team of former contracting officers helps their customers of all sizes move faster, win more contracts, and manage the contracts they have more effectively. Go to askskyway.com and schedule a time to learn more. Okay, let's get started with technical leveling. We've talked a lot on the podcast about how the government competes their requirements. Most of their requirements are competed amongst the offers. And when those requirements are competed, the offers approach to going through the competitive process or how they solve the problem for the government, that can be their competitive advantage and it can be the difference in how they win. And how that's handled in the government world, you have discussions. And we've talked about discussions on previous episodes. It's part of the source selection process. After a competitive range is determined, the government can negotiate or talk to the offers. But there's a difference in how it works in the commercial world. In your own life, Let's go back to the example that I seem to use every time. If you're decided to put a deck on the back of your house, I don't know why I always go there. I don't, I don't really have a deck on the back of my house. You, apparently you want one. That's why you keep <laughs> So if you're getting quotes to put a deck on the back of your house and your requirement is I want a deck that's going to last 20 years and one of the offers proposes to use a special waterproofing sealer that'll guarantee that the wood lasts for 20 years. The rest of the contractors don't offer that sealer. And as you're negotiating, as you're talking to all the contractors, you tell the others, I would like you to use this special sealer. Include that in your quote and then tell me what your price is. And that's fine in the commercial world, as long as that special sealer isn't a proprietary approach or or something, which it's probably not if you're really talking about decks and sealers. But you can tell the other contractors what somebody else is doing in order to level the playing field and get a price quote based on the exact same solution from each offer. In the government world, it doesn't work that way. In the government world, they're prohibited from telling offer one to do it the way offer two proposed to do it because that's technical leveling. All right, before we get any deeper into technical leveling, let's stop and say thanks. I say thanks this time to AZ Primitive for a five-star review on iTunes. And the review says, I like the breakdown of topics without a ton of far talk, which is kind of funny. We get one little far reference per episode. And it said, it has made me rethink how I approach contracting as a career field. Thanks for sharing that input. Thanks, AZ Primitive. It's funny because I don't like a ton of far talk either. Neither do I. <laughs> Just one per episode is plenty. That's all I can handle. All right, what is technical leveling? The answer to the question, what is technical leveling, is not something that the FAR answers. It doesn't actually appear in the FAR. That that phrase doesn't actually appear in the FAR. But the GAO, the Government Accountability Office, did define it. And so I'm going to read here. Technical leveling means helping an offer to bring its proposal up to the level of other proposals through successive rounds of discussions, such as by pointing out weaknesses resulting from the offer's lack of diligence, competence, or inventiveness in preparing the proposal. In other words, 
one person underperformed and in order to, and it says here, to bring its proposal up to the level of other proposals, you keep giving them more and more bites at the apple. That's technical leveling. Well, you're, you're, you know, they're, they're below, like offer B is below offer A, and you're, you keep giving them more and more bites at the apple to move them up. So in my building the deck example, one of the contractors was not competent enough to include a sealer with their proposal that would make the deck last for 20 years. And you say, hey, how about you add the sealer to it? That's bringing them up the, to the level of the others where you should just say, this deck isn't going to last 20 years. I'm going to go with another contractor. I had a source selection we were managing and there were two off, actually three offers in this particular one, but two of them were relatively close. Well, one of them had a really great approach and they were the apparent winner. Well, during discussions, the second one came back with an option that was a little bit better, but it still wasn't as good. And then they said, hey, and then we told them, you know, this isn't good enough. And they said, oh, can we have another bite at the apple? They didn't work it that way, but that's basically what they asked for. And what they were looking for is, you know, can I keep getting, I'm oversimplifying, but can I keep guessing until I give you what you want? And we actually had this conversation, myself, the lawyer, the program manager, we had this conversation of, is this technical leveling? Is that we keep giving them another bite at the apple to get them closer to the one who is the apparent winner right now. And as it turns out, per the GAO de definition right here, it is. <laughs> so that's, if, if you're getting, that's why usually a final proposal revision may be a, a one-shot opportunity. You get one more chance to revise your proposal because if you keep giving you more and more chances, it, it slips into this realm of, of what, how do they say, uh, bringing the proposal up to the level of other proposals. And that's what you want to avoid. And this is where you always say, Kevin, that being a contracting officer is a thinking job. Negotiations are permissible, but how far can you go? That's part of the thinking. And thinking doesn't mean no negotiations are allowed because I don't want to think about the limits, or it shouldn't mean that anyway. Let's clarify where we are in the source selection process when this is happening before we go farther. So the offers have submitted the proposals. Yes, and we have a podcast on that. The government team has evaluated the proposals. We have a podcast on that. And the contracting officer has determined a competitive range. And yes, we have a competitive <laughs> range determination podcast. By the way, just email me at Kevin at Skyway ACQ, and I'll send you a copy of the directory that lists all of the uh, episodes with a hyperlink for each. Someday we'll have a fancy tool online to to do that for us, but right now... We don't. Not yet. So email Kevin and he'll send it to you. So after the contracting officer determines a competitive range, you begin exchanges with offers. And this is where – this is the thinking part. This is where those negotiations take place. And this is where you could technically level the offers if you're not sensitive to the risks in doing that. But this doesn't mean don't talk to the offers and don't try to negotiate because you're afraid that it will be called technical leveling. Yeah, we did actually did a podcast episode talking about FAR 15306D, and that's the where you can do the negotiation. It's an underused uh, part of the FAR. However, there's a limit to how far you, that negotiation can go, and this discussion about technical leveling is that limit. And FAR 15306E, we'll get to that FAR reference that uh, AZ Primitive was not, not happy about too much of this kind of talk. 15306E is limits on exchanges. It says – Government personnel involved in the acquisition shall not engage in conduct that, number one, favors one offeror over another, or number two, reveals an offeror's technical solution 
including unique technology, innovative and unique uses of commercial items, or any other information that would compromise an offer's intellectual property to another offer. So maybe that's a little bit beyond just using a weatherproof deck seal. Maybe an offer has a specific formulation for a sealer that's not commercially available, that the other offers couldn't just buy at Home Depot or Lowe's. Maybe they have a special proprietary solution, and they've given you insight into what that is. You hand that to the other offers, and you tell them, so could you buy this sealer at Home Depot or Lowe's and then add this special oil to it because it makes it more effective? That would be a problem. That's where you're leveling the offers. That's where you're bringing the other offers up to the level of another. So let's say I have a service contract, and the the approach that one offer is using is having 10 full-time employees and 10 part-time on-call employees, whereas another one is using 15 full-time employees, and the approach is different, et cetera. And and during the evaluation, the part-time on-call employees seems like a good fit. If I tell the other, as a contracting officer, if I tell the other, the second offer, hey, why don't you use some part-time employees in your strategy? That's what it looks like. That's how easy it is to happen and not realize it. But it says in, in 15306E, government personnel involved in the acquisition shall not engage in contact that. Does what I just said. So be very careful you don't go over that line. That's where the line is between negotiating and giving somebody else's solution away. Right. And the way you said, you know, be very careful – that strikes fear in a lot of people's hearts. Oh, no, I have to be very careful. So since I don't want to be very careful, I don't want to talk about anything. And sadly, I think that's where I defaulted to. As, you know, And maybe it's just as a junior, as an early in your career as a contracting officer, you don't have the experience and the confidence to do this. Luckily, we grew up in a place where there are a lot of, of mentors that help guide us through this. But it still takes time to gain the confidence to enter into the situation without being Deathly afraid that, that somebody's going to throw the technical leveling flag at you. The reason this is worth emphasizing is a lot of times the fear of negotiation is driven by not knowing where the line is. Right. If you know where the line is, you can march right up to it and stop. But th- th- here's the line. It's pretty clear. 15306E. Anything before this line is wide open. And once you know that, it's, it's kind of a liberating feeling. That's why I was glad when I found this part of the FAR back when I was a CO because I realized, okay, I know where I can't go. But I can walk all the way up to that edge and just not jump off of it. Yeah. I'll knock on the acquisition lawyers again. I think I got advice from acquisition lawyers. I'll call him Jeff since that was his name. That, <laughs> I, <laughs> that I shouldn't conduct any type of actual negotiations. I shouldn't actually speak because I might blow it and accidentally technically level the proposals. Ooh, one thing we should have said back when we were talking about where we are in the source selection process, we should have added that we're in the acquisition time zones right now. We're in the source selection zone, the last of the acquisition time zones before you award a contract and move to the execution time zones. And for the details on the acquisition and execution time zones, go to episode number three and episode number 84. Let's make sure we've covered why this concept is so important in the government acquisition world. It creates integrity in the system. We want, we government, I'm putting on my CO hat. We want offers to be incentivized to solve the problem, to solve, to provide a solution. We need to protect their solution so they give us their best solution. Because if 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 I send, we love picking on your deck story, right? <laughs> if I'm bidding and I know you're going to take the great solution that I have, which includes, you know, I got a special deal on this super cool sealer 
And if you tell everybody about my special deal and basically, you know, kind of introduce them to my subcontractor effectively, I'm probably not going to want to work with you in the future because you know, you're undermining my competitive advantage. No right. thanks. The trust yeah. is gone. Exactly. And we also, we want to, the other side of this is we want a stable process. We want to level the level the playing field. That sounds trite, but that's kind of the idea here. And it's not level the playing field by making everybody have the same solution. It's make everybody able to give you their best solution. Right. You're not, you're not eliminating competitive advantages or giving those away. You're giving everyone the opportunity to, to propose their best solution. That's exactly what you just said. If they're missing something that could help, you as the contracting officer can help them improve their proposal. But you can't do it over and over if they're not getting the point, and you can't tell them what other offers have done to meet your requirements. Because if you do that, if your offers perceive that you have a favorite, and no matter what they do, you're going to spoon-feed them a solution over and over and over to get them up so that they can win, two things happen. Either you end up with protests or the other offers end up no bidding and you get no competition. Or you, or you don't get the best offers bidding. Yeah, there you go. Which is under, it's an underbelly of no competition. <laughs> you, may get, you may get competition, but not from the best companies because they're not interested in playing this game, as harsh as that sounds. We're already talking about why the government cares. The government wants strong solutions and they want to trust the integrity of the government acquisition system. And we stress the importance of targeting and shaping requirements because if a company shapes a solution to meet the government customer's need, in other words, they targeted the, the agency, they targeted the opportunity, they know this is something they can do well, and then that solution they come up with is then given to their competitor during the source selection, they're going to be miffed. <laughs> yeah. And that's why 15306E says shall. You shall not do this, right? This is a protestable issue. It's something that's actually easy to prove, which is what we figured out when, in that example I gave before where we sat around the table and thought, you know, is this really technical leveling? Well, in this case, if we just said their solution didn't involve this approach at all until discussions, well, where would they have gotten that idea? Right. If so, there was no special process to the sealer or if they didn't have any part-time on-call employees before discussions and afterwards they did, hmm, it's pretty easy to tell what happened there. And we're not trying to freak anybody out. <laughs> what I'm pointing out is that's why it's easy to see where the line is. Because if the approach that they are using is inherently different after discussions, that's going to be technical leveling. Inherently if, different and includes another offer's special sauce, secret sauce, then it, oh yeah, now you're really in trouble. Yeah, and so that, that, that's easy to see, which means if it's easy to see, it's easy to avoid, which means it's easy to communicate up to that line. As long as you're not sharing other people's approaches, you can negotiate all day long. So this is actually a liberating way to be able to manage source selection process. And if you flip that to the other side, industry cares because they may be offering their secret sauce, their competitive advantage is some special process, whether it's part-time on-call staffing or outsourcing production to uh, a super efficient subcontractor that no one else knows about yet. They don't want that competitive advantage shared with the other offers. Now, it may be out after they win this one. They may only be able to win one competition with this because after they perform, after they execute this way, the other offers may catch on. But this may be how they win. This is what they've spent all that time, like you said, targeting and shaping so that their solution mirrors the government's requirements that come out in the RFP. 
They don't want this given away during the government's competitive process. It's really helpful to know where the government team's line is when you're negotiating because you know what they can share and what they can't share. And it makes communication that much better when everybody knows where the bumpers are. Okay, we're at a good place to wrap this up. The nice part about this technical leveling concept is it helps you see where the two bumpers are in negotiation in the source selection process. So FAR 15306D says the space to negotiate includes bargaining, persuasion, alteration of assumptions on price, schedule, and technical requirements, type of contract, or other terms of a proposed contract. In other words, everything within the scope of the contract is negotiable, except 15306E says the contracting officer shall not include essentially favoring one offer over another. So you see those two lines, and there's a, there's a, a gulf of, of opportunity for open communication between them. And where you get in trouble is like your example earlier. You had an offer where you had the opportunity to give them another bite of the apple and another bite of the apple and another bite of the apple. And at some point you need to stop or you're you're bringing them up to a level of the other offers through successive rounds of negotiation. The interesting thing though is that the, the offer knew that they had the ability to ask for another bite of the apple. And I don't think enough contractors take advantage of that when discussions are, are before discussions are complete, making sure that the government understood it and saying, is that good enough? Can we, can we try again? Can we try again? And let the contracting officer decide when it's too much. Because you might be, you might be negotiating something on a change to the schedule that's not some other offer's proprietary solution. It's just maybe a better deal. Right. This is a, it's a thinking job, right? So understanding how much space there is between 15306D and 15306E is almost a whole other podcast. So let's not make it one today, and I'll <laughs> say I'll see you later, Kevin. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can also join us in the Government Contracting Network group on Facebook. We'll see you next week.